Welcome to the Cultured Guitarist. My name is Airbag Al. <laughs> With me as ever, uh, just just loving the I'm into this already, game. man. Yeah. I like it. I like where you're going. <laughs> crash resistant Casper. <laughs> and we have a very special guest that we're pretty stoked to have on the show. And she opted in, I think, on the terrible nickname game. If not, I opted in for her. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All wheel drive, Aisha Low from Low Sounds. There you go. They're very vehicular themed. Vehicular like themed. Yeah. 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 Right Welcome on. to the show, Aisha. Dang. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, I approve. Casper usually doesn't like no, when I bad. go with a theme. Bad. He hates it even more than the usual nicknames. And it's funny when you said Airbag Al, I could predict that I was something to do with a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've taken an airbag to the face. It is not super pleasant. Uh, would not recommend it. Is that don't. what happened to the... No, I was just born ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to have also taken an airbag to the face. Perfect. <laughs> I'm adorable and you know it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aisha... You yes. Uh, I, I, now I feel like I'm selling you out a little bit because <laughs> I said we wouldn't talk about anything you didn't want to. <laughs> but I am curious. You mentioned a bad nickname before the show. Would you share that or do you, do you not want to? Yeah, my that she used to call me Lester. <laughs> and who, who knows where she got that from? <laughs> it was I just a know. random one. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. She liked the sound of it and went with that. Fair enough. Cool. My grandma used to uh, make up animal nicknames. All right. So is I that was, where that's where this goes. So was Alley this Cat was an obvious one sense. for me. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Derek, uh, my brother Derek had a. I think he called. She called him like Doggy Derek or something like that. I tried to get in on it once, and I called her a horny old goat, and that went not well. <laughs> but as a kid, I just thought like goats have horns. Ah, uh, yes. You know, like that was my logic, and mm. yeah. I got a bit of a dog too <laughs> for my parents with that one. That makes sense. Anywho, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> revealing a lot of weird yep. things on the show. Um, <laughs> so Aisha, I'm not actually clear exactly where you're located. Is it is it in New Jersey or is it? I thought you were in New York. I, I'm in the Hudson Valley in upstate New York. Nice. Uh, in, in a little town called New Paltz. We moved here from Oakland about two months ago. Okay. Um, my my family's here, so um, now that my brother's kids are finally at an age where I can deal with them, uh, you know, I'm not too good with little kids. <laughs> <Just with them. laughs> the screaming, that kind of thing. Now that they're teenagers and they play music and all this stuff, it's like super great. That's when cool so, cool Aunt Aisha comes in and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like right in the nick of time. Everyone's a teenager now, so it's it's good. <laughs> Nice. So we all live here on this compound um, in New Paltz. It's a big old farm and chickens and, you know, it's really nice here. It's, a, it's very different <laughs> from living in the city. No doubt. Yeah, that's, I was, uh, I lived in Vancouver for a few years as a kid. And then uh, we moved to a really small town in the middle of uh, Albertan Prairies in Canada. And it was it was a shock to the system. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, I can see three sure. sides of town from where I'm standing. <laughs> yeah. What? 
That's crazy. Yeah, you I have know, to reckon funny, with that. Yeah. I, I grew up in, in small towns, like, all, all my life. And uh, I think the, clo- the closest thing I ever got to, like, a big city was, was like, Kelowna, which is, like, 150, 170,000 people, maybe. So it's, like, not huge by, like, comparison to Vancouver no, or, yeah. or New York or any, like, of these big, you know, metropolitan centers. Um, so... It, when I go to big metropolitan places, like if I go to Vancouver, I just, I cannot wait to get out of there. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. I like visiting big cities for visiting. a couple of days. I'm not, I wouldn't want to live in one again. Um, I don't know. I'm that crazy one who wants to move back to Brooklyn, honestly. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I really, I don't know. I love, I like the city thing. Like, I like the woods too. And it's great. I'll probably be here for a while. I can appreciate but... that. I have a friend, Pete, who lives in uh, Flatbush in New York. And uh, he he's, he doesn't care how many stabbings happen up the street from him. He's He won't leave. <laughs> he loves it. See, to, see, in my experience being on the ground over here, like, Flatbush is fancy. Like, I don't know. Brooklyn's super fancy now. That's what hasn't happened for yeah, yeah. a really no long time. Of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I would say around 2000, we had this guy, Giuliani, who came in and kind of like sterilized New York City. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's just like, honestly, I had <laughs> been, uh, I'd been like, I'd had altercations in Oakland way more than I did in my time in New York City. Uh, um, I love Oakland, but yeah, it's a very quickly gentrifying city. And that's what happened. Like all my cool neighbors moved and all these like really socially awkward tech people moved in. And all of a sudden I turn around, there's no black people in my black neighborhood. So we, we said, you know what, it's time to go. This, these people are driving up the rents making it not even fun anymore there's no like barbecue in my neighbor's front yard <laughs> you know mm. everyone's all uptight it just turned into this different thing wow every neighborhood needs neighborhood barbecue in the front yard it does that should be a prerequisite and nice neighbors people who like want to be nice to each other doesn't matter if you're black or purple or what you know yeah i i've had nice neighbors i've had not nice neighbors, and uh, it's an obvious preference for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, goes without saying. <laughs> well, let's kick it off with what we've been up to this week in vaguely guitar-related circumstances. Gasper freaking out, waving his arms around. You want to run and grab something, don't you? What'd I you sh- do with my thing? What thing? I gave it to you. I, oh, this, yeah. What'd you do with my thing? What did I do with your thing? Oh, it's right here beside okay. me. Do you have to have it in your hand? I to would talk like about to it? have it in my hand to talk about it. Yeah. Can you throw it over can, to MacBook yeah. so that it doesn't explode at the? Ah. All right. Anyways, why don't we? <laughs> would you like to start, Casper? Sure. <laughs> I'll start today, and then we'll go to Aisha. Okay. Okay. And then you, you. you can yeah. bring up the, the right. Bruce. Yeah. So this week, uh, and it happened very quickly because uh, we talked to uh, Norm. Right, the Normac pedals. I don't remember exactly who it was. It was Norm. Probably Norm. It was Norm, because Norm helped set up the web store for this. Oh, okay. And uh, he was talking about on on the show. He was talking about uh, a Thalia capo, and so I looked into it and uh, did a little bit of digging, and so I I bought one, and it showed up very quickly. Um, and have it in my hand. This thing is actually 
really cool. Yeah, yeah, you like it? I really like it. It wasn't cheap. No, it wasn't cheap. Um, but I, it's it's a lot better than my regular old block apo. Um, it's it's a neat piece of engineering, and I really dig it. Um, I bought one that was uh, brushed black with rosewood inlays. It's actually it's really nice. I was quite impressed. With I don't. The, I I I still have my doubts as to whether that's rosewood. Well, it's yeah. I don't it's, know. It's it's faux wood. <laughs> it could be faux wood, and I'm okay with that because the actual device itself is worth. I is is actually worth it now. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I've had a chance to play it and use it, and I, I dig it. It is very well engineered. I liked the very like Apple iPhone-ish case it came in. That's what you liked. Was the I thought box. it was cool packaging. No, it's great packaging. I like the whole thing. Like, Dude, man, like, this is so sweet. And the, 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 it's the box that caught your attention. Well, it's one of the things, okay? <laughs> Sometimes great packaging is appreciated. Yeah. Okay, fine. So that was kind of my week. I didn't really do a whole lot of other musical things. Um, but yeah, I got the capo, and I, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled by it. So, um, yeah, that was it. Awesome. Okay. How about you, Aisha? What have you been up to in the in the vaguely guitar-related fields that you inhabit? Uh, I'm trying to finish building 30 pedals by myself. <laughs> 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 I just decided that, like, okay, I'll I'll put up a website and have some like some you know regular offerings, I guess. Um, start doing that a little bit. Do some custom stuff. I end up like. Oh gosh, I end up making like negative two dollars an hour because I put so much <laughs> time into them. So I get like I want to be really pimped out, and you know, so you think you're finished, and they're like, "Nope, I want to put this other cool thing on here." Um, so I'm still doing customs. Obviously, that's like the main thing I like doing. But we're coming out with two different um, fuzzes. One's like our version of the super fuzz. So I'm a bass player. I use a lot of pedals. Love Peter Hook. You know, grew mm. up in the '80s and '90s. So um, I I want all our pedals to work equally well on bass and guitar. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I got this super fuzz that works equally well on bass and guitar, and then this other one that's kind of like our version of a muff, um, with like these germanium transistors in there that I literally picked through garbage and salvage surplus and all this stuff and like hand match them all cool it's like you do well up till i guess recently with a with a standard offering you do mostly like reclaimed devices and like yeah. some of this like super rad like 70s Inter, I think there's an intercom or some type of thing, and then uh, yeah, I, I got oh, a bunch man. of them from my salvage job, and you know they don't work, so it's like okay, I'm gonna pull out all the the good parts off the boards and save those, and then uh, the enclosures look so cool, and right. you know if you were to try and get those machined and made, you'd have to get thousands of them to make it anywhere near any cost that you'd want to pay. And, uh, so I was like, I'm just going to start looking for cool stuff, uh, on tour. I would do that. I'm a thrift store whore. So I just, anytime I see a thrift store that I'm going right to that electronic section (laughs) and whether it works or not, if it's beige, it's mine. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. The quintessential 70s electronics were all beige. Yeah. If <laughs> or, it's beige, there's going to be some gold yeah. in there. Yeah, the wood paneling, of course. That's a dead ringer. That's the good yeah. stuff. It has to be fake, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the photo finish. The printed on. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to swing it back around to me here. Oh, yeah, you. Uh, yeah, what, me. What are you up to? <laughs> Thanks for asking, Casper. You're <laughs> this. Moving thing. on. Yeah. Um, I, I have scared the willies out of myself this week. Uh, I finally got off my butt and stopped procrastinating it out of fear. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry, I forgot this was fun. I was involved. Yeah, yeah I... I did the headstock repair. Hopefully, oh that thing I thought on else. my Gibson SG that uh, got authentically Gibsonated uh, a while back. <laughs> yeah, that had to been like it's been a while. It's it's been Push. about a year. It's like going on maybe a year more, anyways, because yeah. you were doing a show. Oh shoot! It was with, was it with the Steadies? It was with the Steadies. Yeah, yeah. Or no, it was uh, my buddy. It was Earl from the Steadies, right. and uh, he was doing a kind of a solo run. Okay. And uh, he asked me to, I've been a hired gun for him countless Many times. Many times, yeah. Um, and he asked me to come and play some guitar, and uh, so I did. And um, set up all my gear, and then I, I showed up way too early, <laughs> like two hours early before anybody else got there. So I set up all my stuff uh, on the stage where I knew I was going to be, and then went and had a nice meal <laughs> at, the, at the restaurant when we... Uh, when I sat down to get do sound check with the band, I started tuning up the guitar, and it kept sliding way out of tune, like immediately as I tuned it. And then I noticed the headstock was a little bit floppy, and so I have no idea what happened to it. Somebody either knocked it over and didn't tell me, or you know somebody picked it up and did an Angus Young impression. I have no idea, no hmm. clue. Um, I wish I had a cool story about it, but yeah. nope, just broken, broken. One day, just it just appeared, popped. Yeah, that sucks. And, you know, it and it lasted for well, two decades, just, just fine. About. So yeah, I, just I, you know, there wasn't an unstable wood issue or anything like that. So yeah. something had to happen to it. Um, but yeah, so I finally, I finally went wood glue hunting. Could not find tight bond like I wanted to. I mm. uh, couldn't find my backup, so I kind of had to use a glue I wasn't super familiar with, but claimed to do the job. And uh, clamp it up, and I've never done this before. Yeah. Was, that was last night. Yeah, I did it last night. Yeah. So scared out of my mind. Big thank you to uh, to Stephen at uh, Honey Tea and Maplewood Guitars, who actually just kind of voluntarily reached out to uh, offer some pointers. Cool about how to go about uh, doing the best job I could with it. I followed the pointers as best I could. Not as good as he would have because he's infinitely more talented. And uh, so we'll find out if I fixed it or screwed up my guitar worse. Mm. I don't have strings though. I, I don't don't do that yet. No, nope. give it a few days. Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, that's good. What else did you do this week? I know you did something else. Uh, I'm not sure what you're referring. Oh yes, no, I I got a motorcycle. Yeah, it's pretty motorcycle fun. Again, <laughs> you had a great little motorcycle. You had a great Thank motorcycle. Thank you. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, it's I'm... been like on my mind. <laughs> so I've been like sifting through classifieds, looking also yeah. for an old '80s motorcycle. Now it's like, uh, I'm sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't need this problem right now. <laughs> uh, everybody needs a motorcycle problem. They're, they're just, they're just fun, and yeah. they're, they're more economical than cars. So, you know, for the most part, yeah. 
Yeah. Got nice. a motorcycle. Very cool. For the first time uh, since 2016. So it's nice to be back on the saddle. Yeah. As it were. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's talk about those 70s electronics that are all beige colored or faux wood colored. <laughs> Aisha, how did you how did you get into doing this? Like, yeah. what's the origin story? I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it on other shows, but, uh, you know, I got to ask you. Well, um, I was performing and playing music and touring and doing some sound work on film and just super, super busy throughout my 20s and 30s. And then I got married and moved to Oakland with my wife. Her family's from Berkeley. And just hanging out up there and just didn't really find people that I wanted to play with that we, where we jived Sorry, until, uh, Berkeley's up in near Boston or in Boston. Or I'm no, uh, Berkeley, California. Okay. It's like one town over from, uh, Oakland. Oakland. It's in the East Bay area. Okay. Uh, just across the bay from San Francisco, basically. Al geography's good. Well, I, <laughs> I'm pretty good at geography, but I'm not pretty like there's two Orange Counties. There's mm-hmm. you know, there's Berkeley, California, there's Berkeley School of yep. Music, there's there's some duplicates out there, man. Go and there's on UC me. Berkeley, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I got I got, I got confused. It's okay. okay, so all right, California, back to back out east eventually. Okay. Yeah, so I got up there and I played in a band with my friend from New York for a while who's living in San Francisco. And it was fun, but um, I don't know. I kind of just wanted to like do my own music by myself. I've been using Ableton Live since version one, since 2001. And it's like, other than playing bass, I consider that like my instrument almost. I do it a lot like Flying Lotus, where I use it as a glorified sampler. So I like all this, the sound of all this old analog gear. But I love the functionality and capability of being able to edit in Ableton. Yeah. So uh, just been, uh, I did that for a while. And in the meantime, there were these like two things I really wanted to try to do. One was to learn how to build a pedal. So I love pedals. And number two was to learn how to tattoo, right? So I bought one of those like $100 kits off of Amazon, like a tattoo kit. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And then, and then I bought like a, you Are you know, right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. So your right thigh is just covered in like graffiti <laughs> Well, I should, I should say this. I, I did date someone for like 10 years who was a tattoo artist. I worked in the shop. I sterilized all the equipment. I knew how to set up all the stuff already. Right. You know? So it, it wasn't like, I think like tattooing is a thing. If you are, haven't been taught how to set up the machine, then you are most certainly going to F yourself up. <laughs> like, you're going to make the ugliest fit tattoo ever. Because I think that's the thing. Like, I can't draw. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So I took one of my wife's an artist. So I took one of her drawings and I made a stencil and I put it on my leg. And you know what? I totally pulled it off. Nice. It was, yeah, nice. It was totally fine. It was really stressful because it hurts to do that to yourself. Is what <laughs> yeah. I learned. Number one. Uh, and you then can't just close two, your eyes and clinch down on it, you know? Oh, like, no, get a nerve no. And it's, you're sweating. You're sweating. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sweating like a beast. Just like, <laughs> oh, God. I just have to finish this one thing. You know, uh, you know, 
I got to smoke a cigarette or something because I got to take a break. Like, it, was just, like, it was rough. I love I, most of the tattoo artists that I know or I'm friends with. They all have that one thigh that's just like the <laughs> yeah out of the hodgepodge. The of, yeah, that's where they learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only had a little spot on my leg left to work with. Because you know when you when you date someone who's a tattoo artist for ten years, you're gonna you oh you were pretty on you. you were pretty covered. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really down with the facial tattoo thing, but yeah, I got. A, I got them pretty I, much I everywhere know, I, else. I, I figure you don't really need to date anybody that's tattoo artists because they just accumulate rather quickly when you're into them. <laughs> yeah, well, well that's the thing. It's I didn't. Cheaper you know, it was, when you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, that's the thing. After we broke up, and I had to pay for my my first like out. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. It's just weird. One of my best friends is a, is a tattoo artist, uh, Chris Rice, and he's also a musician. He's fantastic at both. Of yeah, those he's great at both. And uh, I haven't, uh, he, I he, I even have some like time, time yeah. stockpiled and paid for with him that I haven't. I just never wanted to. I don't know. I was everybody's always trying to mooch free tattoos out of him. And so I've been yeah, like, nah, don't worry about it, Chris. We'll do it another day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's been years yeah. now. Haven't gotten a single tattoo from him, but someday I should probably. <laughs> it is really like backbreaking work, literally. Every every friend of mine who tattoos has to go to Cairo and like do all this stuff because you're hunched over. Yeah. I have a you know? I have a sleeve that's binary code. It's like four hundred characters. And uh, yeah, the uh, the artist. So that, that person hates you. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> that's funny. I was I was telling the story this morning to someone. I was like, yeah, no, he was super into it when I showed him, and like we were talking about. It. He's like, this is a great idea. I love it. And then by the time it was done, he's like, I am never doing that again. Yeah. I don't even know if he tattoos anymore. Yeah. One third of the way <laughs> into doing another one or zero, he's probably like, why? Twenty seven yeah. hours hunched over my right arm yeah no he's he definitely all right. is not thrilled all right we're that. really sidetracking poor for aisha here with our tattoo well, you know tattoos <laughs> kind of go with music it's true yeah <laughs> we're, we're all degenerate hooligans why is that why do musicians rebellion i don't know ben so shapiro much. was right we're irresponsible <laughs> oh i said a bad word <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <beat> now. <laughs> no avoiding the people that one <laughs> And my East Coast wet accent seems to be coming back, so that's that's, that's good. That's thing. okay. <laughs> I, maybe we can. If uh, you spend enough time around people from New Jersey or Brooklyn, it, it's like after a while the accent just comes <laughs> right back. I I have a weird fondness for practicing accents. I used to do it like I used to spend hours a day just practicing different accents for no purpose. I had no intention of being an actor or voice actor. I yep. just liked learning them. And I've never ever been able to get like a a Jersey or a, or a Bronx or any of those. I just cannot wrap my mind around it. I think they're very. You evil. have to get like ridiculously drunk with a few New Jersey people one night, <laughs> and like you'll have it. That sounds you'll like a deal. <laughs> Where it's not even English anymore. It's sort of Italian. It's sort of Jewish. It might be English. You know. That's great. All right, so I don't remember where we lost track of the story, but you were dating a tattoo artist, and yep. then oh yeah, you bought you a were kit. Learning the tattoo. Yeah, you bought oh a kit. yeah, so I did the tattoo, and while it was really fun, I think the stressfulness of tattooing myself kind of made me like, hmm, oh, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
and so in the same week, I got my first like uh, pedal building kit and got my little like first crappy soldering iron and all that stuff. And then I don't know, I made that first fuzz pedal and I was like, whoa, that's it. I have to build a super fuzz. <laughs> and then the tattoo kit, I'm just giving it away to a friend of mine because I said, you know, this is fun. But this pedal building thing, for some reason, is just so much more fun to me, personally. And that's that uh, aluminum box, gold top, super fuzz. It's on your Instagram, right back at the very beginning. Uh, yeah, I was making them in the bigger enclosures. I, I love big enclosures because you have more like real estate to make them look really artful, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, being a musician myself, I really do love the like 125b enclosure format that like chase bliss uses and you know a lot of pedal companies are using this one closure size with top mounted jacks because then you can fit way more pedals on the board mm-hmm. you know uh, as, so, a, as a touring guy with with a lot of pedals on the board i, I will admit it is very convenient albeit a yeah. little bit you know carbon copy so what I what I want to do is still make these big ones that look really cool. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, since I do a lot of recording myself, I originally I really love selling them to people who are audio engineers or who do sampling or who you know not just musicians. Like people are going to use them on a lot of different things, not just guitar. And so I'll make these big boxes that'll look awesome in someone's studio and be this cool you know effect that they can use, hopefully. Um, but in terms of for guitar players and bass players, I, you know, like when I play my bass and I have to bring my pedal board, I'm not going to bring like all my huge electro harmonics pedals or all my, you know, if they take up so much room, I can't bring as many as I want to. So I said, I'm going to start building some like pedal board friendly size pedals. So I basically shrunk that same super fuzz with the hand copper etched top and into a smaller enclosure and alec from mask audio electronics was kind enough to uh do the um circuit boards for me for for me and fiona so now i can fit stuff in these little boxes that i never thought possible really i think it's pretty exciting i mean i would be a little bit heartbroken if you ever didn't do some wacky custom atari fuzzes and stuff Oh yeah, I have to do those too. I did like I'm actually making those now too. I'm trying to make like ten of those and ten of each of the other fuzzes and throw them up on Big Cartel and see what happens. You know, so cool. Love it. So, what like what inspired the Atari cartridge fuzz? Because that's I I gotta know. That's my favorite one that you've. I love everything you put out, but I... You're an 80s video oh, game man. nerd. So bad. And like, you and me both. So as soon as I saw it, too, I was like, what? <laughs> That's so See, the funny, the funny thing is I'm not a gamer at all. Like, I loved Atari 2600, but I didn't go further into it. My brother, he got, like, he, conti- he got the Commodore 64. He got the Atari 5200. He just, like, kept going with the video games, but as I started taking guitar lessons i i stopped playing guitar choice it's but come on it's cool looking totally. and the joystick's really cool looking and every time i'd go to the electronics recycling place i'd find them 
thrown in the bin for donation. And, you know, a lot of those are broken or they're just disgusting and need to be thrown in bleach, which I do with all these explosions. <laughs> it's COVID time and I am a germaphobe. So, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm like double gloved, by the way, when I'm salvaging. I appreciate that. that. Even before yeah. COVID, because I'm just like a germaphobe who loves thrifting. So, hey, you got to just throw them gloves on, a mask, whatever, <laughs> you know. I gotta find some beige, so I gotta go in there. <laughs> I gotta find some, some beige. beige. <laughs> Just glove it up. You are a treasure, and I love you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I can't I can't decide if I like the joystick or the pong paddle controller better. They're both flipping amazing. <laughs> well, I built a few of the Atari Fuzz with the pong paddle knob. Yeah. But I always have to have that like conversation with the customer first. I'm like, okay, so you do realize that the foot switch is right next to that huge, huge knob. So, and you do realize this thing's plastic. So, do you feel confident? Like, how big is your foot? Let's just be, let's just be frank here. If your foot is larger than a size 10 men's, I'm not making that pedal for you because you're gonna break it. <laughs> You know, I unless you're just like super dainty about how you step on your pedal. <laughs> so then I said, okay, I've got to not do that. The reason I came up on it is I did it myself. I had my own personal Atari Fuzz with a huge knob, and I'm jamming out hard with my brothers and, you know, having fun. And then you're just like, bam. Oh, I just broke that knob and I don't have another <laughs> one. Yeah, I, I, so I, I like to go I buy another like yeah. Atari paddle knob, really. I, I have, if you break it, that's it. I have big feet. I, I can't even do, like, the nice, tidy. The boards on Instagram, they're really pretty and tidy and get shared on, like, pedal board of the day. I'm always a little like, oh, I could never use that because I go to Casper's board, too. I go to step on one pedal and I'll step on three because I just, I got big white No, feet. you just have to, you got to, like, rubber band chopsticks to your feet. <laughs> yes, some please of that do stuff. that, Al. Please you do gotta, that. You just got, like, Mr. Miyagi, those, that, those boards. <laughs> and also, uh, it's kind of amazing because you could just, it's like, I grew up, I love, you know, people love them or they hate them, whatever, but I love the edge from you, too. I love effects, you know. But, you know, he was saying in that, you see that movie Loud? It, it loud. might get oh, loud. What's that? Yeah, it yeah. might get loud. That's yeah. it. And he's talking about, you know, imagine going to band practice and you're trying to show your yeah. bandmates this song and you're just going on the guitar, you're going ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because this song sounds amazing through my pedal board or pedal case or whatever the heck his thing is, UFO. It's like a full palette. It's, it's a small city. Yes. It's, exactly. What's that shrunken but city you gotta, from But you got to put the chopsticks on your feet unless you do it like the edge and put it in a rack behind you, and yeah. just, you know? Yeah, I, I actually my friend Scott does that. He he just has the like uh what do you, you know the programmable huge foot controller, and he just has all his big pedals and racks. That's another way to do it, I guess. I you know I probably look a good at that way to do and it. I, I've debated it, but at the same time, a I it takes me a long time to figure out how to the, the language of programming a thing like that. So it's like <laughs> if, if I go to commit to that, that's going to take me a year to figure it out. To the point where I could yeah. get with it live and not like panic when something goes wrong. And then yeah, it's I'm also not I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I can't like I have this beautiful chase bliss pedal that I still don't I've been over that ten page manual several times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm like, is it just that I'm too old that I just don't get it? No, like, you know, some of us funny. just work differently. I've never been able to program any boss multi effect unit. Mm. 
And right, just, I got I a little, I got yeah. a curve with that too. You know, it was funny. We were we were messing around with my atmosphere the other day, and Al has his atmosphere set up to do different things than the way mine is. And he's pushing buttons, and you're like, oh no, that's oh, this is so much different than the way I have mine. We're talking yeah. about. I'm like, wait, it does that? Like, wait, 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 yeah. you, right. you did that's what? Did you cool do like, about those? I, that that pedal has so much going on that I was well, because like, depending on the mode you have it, yeah, it programs completely differently totally. in each mode. So. I can't operate your pedal because it's totally different than yours, yeah, it's, and it's the exact same pedal. It's, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So I need to read the manual. But that's like not as fun as just turning it on and being whoa. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. There's something to be whoa. said for that's just cool. noise boxes <laughs> that have three knobs on the top. Like, yeah, and now, there's that more visceral connection learn. too, right? Where you get like you can see it, you can manipulate it without having to deep dive through a bunch of different stuff uh, there there is that connection to that immediate and you know instant gratification that you get from a simpler pedal yeah i have to say i'm that person i love analog things and simple like you know things w with not as many bells and whistles but then when i get into ableton i get like crazy with the effects <laughs> and the, you know like the sampling <laughs> stuff so in a way i figured out this sweet spot you know I, I got lucky. I, I was living in L.A. in the same neighborhood as this guy, Flying Lotus, who I really love. He does this way of sampling uh, that's really cool where he only he, he only uses like old stuff. It's a Wurlitzer and like a Moog and a Rhodes. And cool. he, you know, takes stuff off of records and then puts it in the computer. And um, so, I, you know had met him one time and saw what he was doing. I said, oh my gosh, that's the way to do it, you know? I don't want to spend time learning each, like, software of each pedal unless it's, like, a standardized thing. Because, like, I've always said, if Ableton ever decided to put out pedals of their plugins, it would be over for me. <laughs> I would, like, instantly <laughs> have to have all of them. Because imagine if all your years of programmed parameters in one single simple language just be put across to all your pedals without, without having to learn all that specific I believe programming. They, uh, there is that. You know what I mean? It says line wish... six helix on the top of it. Yeah. Oh, but it sounds so <laughs> bad. I don't want to be a jerk, but <laughs> uh, that's not my jam. <laughs> I, I hear people using the helix that I think sound great. I, I don't understand them myself. I carry the same I level just of automatically stupidity hear, I just things, hear, so. that, uh, hear that like cheapness sound. That I don't mm. like. Like one of my guitar players bought that Line Six Spider amp. Okay, that's okay, that's I, a different thing. I was just thing. like, this is crap. That's a different thing. I don't know. I'm just Not talking the Helix nerd. unit. Like the Helix, I think sounds good. The the spiders are, you know, they exist. You could spend money on that. I suppose <laughs> you could. <laughs> you could just gut it and use the chassis that's like sort of decently made and just build like a Fender Champlain into it, there you like go. we that's did. It. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh now i want that i want a line six to gig with <laughs> yeah to gig with totally. oh, everybody looks that. at it's just like oh this. no <laughs> i love to use like really bad versions of computers enclosures to build stuff into totally. you're like oh that was that one like awful <laughs> i'm you know mac <laughs> mini that just sucked for everybody <laughs> and then you build this amazing like analog old thing in it so it's kind of ironic i just and love fun. the idea of like going to gigs with guitar nerds there and just like seeing them seeing their faces as you put like a spider on stage and it's like oh crap <laughs> and then they hear it and they're like 
what? 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 <laughs> and they never know. They never know there's a there's a five e three champ clone in the back of it. They don't. They yeah. Just see a spider. <laughs> but then, like the sound person, they always know somehow. Like <coughs> that. Yep. I had a couple people come up to us, and, and he'd say to me, "What'd you do to that amp?" <laughs> yeah, you know that's not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> probably, cause, probably because every spider owner is like, "Yeah, just plug an XLR in the back." Boom. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, <laughs> God. The first thing I did was take a screwdriver and snap that right out. <laughs> so every sound tech that's had to use one of those is just like, "All right." It's cool if you want to do, yeah. If you want to do like industrial noise ensemble, then yeah, you can go ahead and use that 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 direct out of there. <laughs> Go ahead and turn the fluorescent lights on and put your cell phone in your pocket too while you play. This <laughs> enhances the uh, tone. Awesome. <laughs> oh man. So can I ask a question? No. Sure. Okay. No. Go ahead. You're not Al. allowed to ask questions Me? on the podcast. No, this <laughs> is Al's. This is Al's podcast. I'm just the monkey with the buttons. You can ask the question, you weirdo. <laughs> so you're doing all this etching. Is it etched copper? It is. What, I, got you what into I do that is and, I use uh It was actually the uh the top you did of the Demodash T one twenty. Oh yeah, that, that was like a he he mind. just out of the you know, out of the kindness of his heart one day just sent me a a T one twenty and I was like, Oh, that's so nice. So I was like, I'm gonna re sort of redesign this uh art he has in photoshop and make it two-tone and make him a plate so cool and sent it to him and then it ended up becoming a pedal that got auctioned off for the uh that the aussie uh, bushfire, aussie bushfire. Yep. that was a mm -hmm. very sought after <laughs> i know i was i had my the uh, only one <laughs> yeah i definitely had my uh my <laughs> hopes d dashed a little bit when that <laughs> when one he didn't win, didn't win. <laughs> yeah no that was a your uh, hopes got demon dashed yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure but uh so yeah the etching what's the what how do you how do you go on about that and brought you into that kind of realm because you got some pretty epic stuff going on in that <clears throat> department for sure I would say it's like masochism <laughs> um, just like perfectionism <laughs> but then the interesting thing about hand etching is it's like it's not perfection you know what I mean if you want it to be 100% perfect you gotta get a CNC mill or do something like that I mean few, uh, there are people who can just etch to you know so sharp and uh I get there and it's really fun, but it is, you know, not so good for the environment to <laughs> use chemicals. And I'm totally, you know, that that's hard for me to reckon with. So these 10 super fuzzes that I just did with the etched plates are going to be the last ones I do like that. Really? Um, and then I'm going to move on to silk screening after that. Cause it's Crazy. also, I'm spending three hours on each face. Yeah of each pedal um, to hand etch them. So it's, uh, you know, I love it. It looks amazing. But hopefully the people who get them will realize, oh, this is a special thing because I'm not doing it anymore. I saw a super cool um, video by another pal of ours um, at uh, Templo Devices, and he mm -hmm. was etching with salt water. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a whole bunch of different methods. 
ways used, to do it. Use mustard and ammonia on copper. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of basically. There's a lot of different ways. That, yeah. No, I was just wondering That's how the, you were the doing The electroplating, I mean, I'm scared of anything more than 24 volts. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so I just was like, ah, that sounds like a potential problem, especially if I like have a doobie or whatever. And then I'm like, Whoa, I just crossed the streams. Oh my God, we're all going to die. So I just think it's probably better if I stick to yeah, what so I know. I tried all different me- methods. Are not, are a good, that's a good pairing, yeah. Oh, definitely. I've taken one. Yeah, I've taken one tent uh, too many times, and uh, very keen to never do that again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm too much of a wimp to even lick a battery. Dead or not, I use I use my multimeter for that. I'm like, nope, not gonna lick it. I'm just not gonna do it. You know, I, that's a good policy. Uh, for me, I'll I'll lick them still, but it's more. Uh, very rarely do I have to deal with a nine volt battery in, in anymore. But for me, the the licking thing always wigged me out more only from the germ side. Because mm. I well, because so many so many like rando people lick that battery probably. Well, that's what I want. You know, like, especially the is... way people trade pedals and stuff <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Yeah, like yeah. someone. Someone will, like I if, have a friend if, who will have a pedal for like half a day and trade it off. Yeah, how many if, people you know are my I mean? tongue kissing because I'm testing a battery on my tongue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, if you so, find well, you a know, pedal those, uh... at Value Village, don't lick that battery. <laughs> I have I have gotten yeah, a don't. pedal from I've I seen know. things you don't want to know. Trust me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Both in my cooking job and my salvage job. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the worst of humanity guys so don't like it i worked at value village for one month i've also seen the worst of humanity yep it's like serving in the trenches at vimy ridge yeah (laughs) terrible it's real (laughs) so what's your favorite custom do you have a like do you have popular custom circuits that you kind of keep on hand for people or is it like when somebody does a custom order with you do you kind of like talk through potential design ideas with them and kind of design one for them yeah, I mean, a lot of what I, a lot of the things that I personally like are really kind of old circuits, like uh, old analog things, um, some digital things too. But uh, usually, someone will say, "Hey, I like, you know, I like the look of them, right?" And they say, "Well, so what do you want? What do you in the, you know, what kind of effect do you want?" And then we just go down that process. And then uh, other times what will happen is I make something for myself more often than not. I'll make something for myself. And then people will be like, oh, you know, can I buy that? So then I say, well, no, you can't buy this, but I can make another. Yeah. Okay. You know, because sometimes people don't like, you know, maybe they know what they like to see, but maybe they don't know how to kind of like go about designing that themselves doing the Photoshop stuff, you know, like laying, laying things out. And so it's kind of nice for me to be able to say, Hey, well, I can do this and I can put these two things in there. I can do that. And, uh, cause I don't want it to just be cute or pretty. Like <laughs> I want it to sound great too and be a usable sound tool yeah. for people. So the, the, um, the beige box you have, uh, that you just recently posted on your Instagram. It looks like a, I don't know if it's a frequency analyzer of some sort or some thing. You got the. I, I think it was like a, a, a insulin test box. Or something <laughs> oh, really? Like That's that. fantastic. Yeah. Medical um, equipment from the 80s was like 
amazing <laughs> um that sounds great that older belton brick reverb that that you put together for that um that's fantastic do you try to kind of pull into um I don't know if you want to call that. It's not vintage, but like older style analog stuff. Like, or no, I guess the belt metric's not analog, but you know what I mean. Like, do you... it's interesting you should say that because in my experience, whenever I've probably made like a dozen circuits with that brick in there, mm. and I just I find it's awesome for making like spacey, yeah, reverb sounds that are like you know really out there. But if you want to like kind of, for example. uh uh, I personally, I have a Silvertone 1482 amp, and while it has an amazing tube tremolo, it Very doesn't cool. have built-in reverb. And so that's a problem. So I, you know, one of these days I am going to build that really amazing mod reverb tank, spring reverb tank kit that they've got whenever I have, you know, however many expensive dollars it is. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> but in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, I kept trying all these different people's circuits and modify doing modifications and stuff and just trying to make it sound like spring reverb. Mm. And I find that's like one of the hardest things to do with those things. So if uh, I find that just keeping it simple is best with that thing. Yeah. And so the guy who this, it's interesting that guy uh, I saw, he had an ad on Craigslist for this pedal. I was like really hot for and I was fully willing to pay the $100 he was asking if I was fair. But he said, I'm also willing to trade for reverb pedals. So I was like, great, I make pedals. I'm going to try and get uh, this for a trade. And so it ended up, he's like a lap steel player and just wanted a reverb pedal. So he doesn't have to bring, you know, reverb tank. Right. And uh, so, yeah, just made that simple one. That's, that's but awesome. it does have a rainbow flashing light. <laughs> Which is so awesome. It's got a flare. Man, that's, that's Ryan from uh, Dr. Scientist has amassed a stupendously huge pedal collection doing trades. So mm -hmm. that oh, is, I bet. That is the way to do it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super into that. In fact, I, you know, I, I'm kind of. Feel like a, my heart goes into it a lot when I'm doing a trade too. Like you just get more creatively inspired. Right. Well, then when you, you're should, a... you should definitely message Ryan because you two are kindred spirits. Now. Yeah, he definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, we've been sending messages back and forth about because we both have these cute little tiny dogs. Oh <laughs> yeah. And we're, you know, <laughs> we're both miss. these like kind of we're both these big people, and, you know, <laughs> with these little tiny dogs. And, uh, you know, you can't help it. You see someone posting their stories. They got that little thing in the basket. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so. the, I am a fanatic for, like, pugs mostly, but also Boston Terriers or French Terriers. Smushy nose dog. Smushy nose little. Oh, oh, they're so cute. Yeah. I I do love Little Miss though. Ryan's Ryan's pooch is. It's fun when we hilarious. recorded with them. She just hung out on the couch the <laughs> whole time. The whole time. Like, yeah. Like I mean, the, they the just want to be with you. The fifth voice in the room. It was great. Oh, it was great. I think like midway through that show, he was yeah. like, "I gotta feed her. She's gonna start getting upset." <laughs> he, oh yeah. yeah, yeah like mine, little... mine will straight up yell. Yeah, it's that's what he was worried about. I've double booked. <laughs> We're gonna have a problem. I thought it was great because he, he it was like a jam jar lid with like yep. nineteen pieces of dog food. That was her whole meal. <laughs> <laughs> 
the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I went from a German Shepherd to a five pound dog, and I'm. It's been yeah. Not stepping on her was the first thing, because <laughs> they're always under your feet, dogs. Yep. You know. Yeah. And then just the the sheer amounts of food that she's willing to eat, whether she dies from it or not. That's, you know, <laughs> my my shepherd would kind of was picky. You know, she just was like, I have to have this or that. But this little street dog, I mean, she'll eat hair and dust. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> my, that my, is not food. My last dog was great. She self regulated very well with food. Um, she was always a pretty svelte looking little pug. It was it was fine. My my friend Clarissa's pug does not. It's it's one of, like you just described. It does not have an off button for food. No. And this poor pug ate himself into basically being a cube ottoman. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When they're squarish. Yeah, it was just uh, yeah. like she had to. It was the length she had to go to to hide things he could. He thought he could. He eat could potentially and chew yeah. on like yeah. shoes, leather sandals, everything. It got. It was a really hard battle to get him like back to a healthy weight. <laughs> They're like they're like food methies, you know. Pugs. <laughs> they just like I just had a I had a uh, my last dog who who passed a couple months ago. He was like a uh, puggle, like a beagle pug, uh, chihuahua something, right? Rest in peace, and same thing. Guy. He just had this like squarish body with this really satisfying tail, and like <laughs> you know. He just would look at you like frantically sometimes, like I'm just so hungry. I'm like, no, you're, you're a man. No, he just it's like FOMO of food, like fear of missing out of of like, I don't uh, know. But pugs, it's like you know. Yeah, no, they love food. There's that's a very common trait with them. I didn't, you know, I got lucky with the one I had. That she didn't have that, but pretty Let much. Let me ask you this: pug. Was she a black pug? No, she was a, she was a fawn one with the with the mask. Interesting. Yeah. I've I used to take care of dogs. It was like one of my, you know, day jobs of my life, working at a doggy daycare. And I noticed this kind of interesting thing that the little black pugs were generally skinny that I came into contact <laughs> you know, with. And I was like, Are you guys on like a thirty day <laughs> black pug? Diet. There is a little you black know, my pug. my boys having trouble breathing like walking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's um, a little black pug in Casper's neighborhood named Churro. Yep. And he every time we oh. see him, he's just looking svelte and cut, just a gorgeous yeah. looking little dog. Not a drop of overweightness to him. Yeah, he barked at me the other day. Yeah, and yeah, just great. Oh, I freaked out the first time I met him. He must do manual labor. (laughs) (laughs) Because my pug would just sit on the couch and he was squarish. (laughs) And I'm Uh, not going to lie, I'm like terrible. I'm the worst with like, if if they look at me sadly enough, they're going to get something. Oh, that's not a good thing for holding a pug. (laughs) (laughs) They're so, they're born. They're, like with the smile, but also the sad. Their default eyes. face is like just tragedy. That's their default yeah. face. Just adorable tragedy. Like a the... Yenta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, it's just really hard to little. resist those bug eyed little jerks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that whole pizza, do you? <laughs> just a bite and then the little lick lick the teeth and lips like i can taste it it's ready (laughs) (laughs) 
You're going to give me that, right? Oh, my gosh. We got to stop. I'm going to, you're going to lose me. I'm going to be jibbering about pugs for the next three hours. I fear we've already lost you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pug life. Oh, man. When I met Cheryl the first time, I freaked out so hard. I I literally cried with joy. I was so excited. Did you hug it out? Oh Which, my gosh, yeah. I did. Yeah, I even asked them as they you walked by. They were walking them, and I said, hey, <laughs> "My my friend is like really flipping out right now uh, about your dog. Can, can he maybe he's maybe hold him?" <laughs> no, he was. He was, he was speaking in squeaks and grunts. It was I, so bad. okay. Listen, I don't talk about this publicly too much, but too late. I <laughs> frankly, oh, you know what? Let's get it out there. It's it's almost November. Let's do it. I tried to commit suicide once, and the only thing that oh. saved my life was my pug. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm not surprised. That's so, the she, power of love, right yeah, there. Yeah, she know? licked my elbow, and it was like, oh, I better call somebody at the hospital or something because if I'm dead, no one takes care of her. Yeah. Yep. So I, you know, I've had this, and it's been it's been a few years when I met Cheryl before since I'd had a, my pug, and uh, so <laughs> I can't help it. I got this little. Bug eyed adorable thing in my arms. It was just like, it. I, yeah, they avoid me now when they see me. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're you're gonna be that. Oh, he's that guy who tried to pop. Me. It's totally just like <laughs> here's that really he big guy who cried when he held our dog. <laughs> Let's cross to the other side of the street. Aggressive <laughs> hugger. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah, it was a bit awkward. It was, it was super and, cute, dude. I never seen anybody react to something. I mean, to a little creature in that way, it was the most adorable thing. Weird, okay, but adorable. Hey, you know, if you're a dog person, then you get it. You know, uh, yeah, it's I have a, a I have a fairly big dog, and uh, you know, she's she's a, absolutely one hundred percent the a member of our family, and like we do everything. But I don't know. I just you don't scream ever. Not his way. No, like they like that. I I have numerous times. I my wife has, she's had to really like, honey, no, you cannot. No, you're you're scaring people. You're squeezing. Because numerous times when we're driving around, I'll see somebody walking a pug, and I'll flip around, go around the block, and drive by him again because I'm like looking at I the pug. I just want to see its whole body. And my wife had to like have a very candid conversation with me, like, Alan. <laughs> When you drive by a young woman multiple times staring in her direction, she's not thinking that you're looking at her pug. You're a pugophile. She's thinking you want to kidnap her, and you were scaring the bejesus out of every single one of these people. And I was like, that's a very good and, point. And that pug, let's face it, that pug's not going to protect her. That no, it is not. All those dogs know how to do is mooch food and run up to every human in the world going, love! <laughs> yep. Whole genetic makeup right yeah. there. Yep. They're, they're going to just maybe try to help you guys hug it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. This is a kidnapping, but you guys should be like, you know, <laughs> so now, be excellent to I'm each n- other. I'm not allowed to drive. Uh, flip around and drive past people with pugs anymore because it turns out uh, large bearded men who do that scare people. Who's Have thought? you started watching like newborn pug videos on YouTube though? That can get I really... may or may not subscribe to several it's pug really, YouTube channels. Yeah. Here on the pug Puppies, podcast. Uh... I mean... <laughs> 
I can't be around puppies and I'll end up with five in my home. Oh, that's not, not a problem. That's a lifestyle choice. That's a lot of pee and poo. <laughs> Let's be real. That's a lot of misplaced pee and poo for at least a few months. It's true. Okay. So I'm going to swing it back around. I derailed this hardcore. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. This is about guitar and guitars pedals and stuff. And stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, give me. What's the top five pieces of gear you love the most in your collection? How about mm. that? That's just, that's a random uh, segue back into a proper conversational question. <laughs> Number one thing is Space Echo, RA two hundred one Space Echo. I love the way. That's oh, like my man. my favorite. Mm. Number two is my uh, Deluxe Memory Man. With the built-in cable from the 90s. Ooh. I have like four of them, but that one, for some reason, I love. Um, what else? I love the Electromonics Graphic Fuzz, the big box one. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of so hard. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have a like, stupid amount of pedals. And uh, <laughs> Well, you can name, God, you can name like guitars, every, basses, Every amps, week whatever. is going to be a different answer. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna i'm gonna call you every week now that's <laughs> today, fine yeah today yep. today it's this it's a today it's it's Aisha's this. top five this week right yeah but uh let's see i love old fender basses those are my favorite mm. i've got 77 p bass and a 76 jazz bass those are my main basses and i love those and like i said ableton it's funny because I don't give a crap about my computer, but I care about my Ableton license. <laughs> so if my computer breaks, all I care about is can I transfer this to my girlfriend's computer? <laughs> I don't care. Take your time. But <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. Where are we at for, or for time here, Casper? Uh, Fifty-seven. We're doing 57. good. Okay, cool. Right on. Um. I do want to make a quick announcement before I for, for I forget again. Yeah, you yeah. Um September kicks off right when this episode's gonna air in September. Uh but we are kicking off the Doctor Scientist Atmosphere Flappy Side competition. So if you have cool. a Doctor Scientist Atmosphere pedal, dear listeners, uh power it up with uh, we were having some internet glitchiness coming yeah. through there. Uh, power it up, get into the secret, semi-secret game. Holding there. down the left stomp. That's right. And uh, the highest highest score on that built-in game wins, and you win a free Dr. Scientist boost bot in Atmosphere Blue. Is this a secret, or is this like a known thing? It was a we secret talked about for like it. the first year. It was like a semi-secret. Because, you know, I, I write this column for Premier Guitar Magazine called State of the Stop. And my next one's coming up, and I'm like, wow, this sounds like something really fun to write about. You should absolutely, absolutely do it. Yeah, do it. Ryan I'll would have get to, such I'll have to set up Ryan and see. You know, it's oh, absolutely yeah. blast. We got permission to blow the secret on the air, so I'm yeah, sure yeah. he will. Nice. Because <laughs> that's, like, too fun. To, it's you know, amazing. Share, which... It is stupidly hard, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> listen, if you guys go back, anybody that hasn't listened to episode five, we talk a little bit about the game and, and the, like, 50 or 60 iterations of that game that were completely unplayable and like how much, <laughs> how painstaking it was for them to make a game uh, that's usable and fun. And, and it is, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and fit into that tiny enclosure with the pedal. Yeah, with the pedal. Itself. 
Yeah, yeah. Three, three layers of uh, of PCBs <laughs> and and all kinds of stuff. There was a that. time when people were paying five hundred dollars for iPhones with Flappy Bird on them. Yeah, and you could buy an atmosphere pedal with Flappy Psy. Yeah, it was great. Dual purpose, and it's it, yeah. It has no occupied your mind in this there. in this. Space. <laughs> no, I know, right? <laughs> he he he's a genius. He combined. He literally combined video games and pedals in one enclosure. And uh, and I have to say, like, some of the jazziest looking pedals, like, really mm-hmm. good looking pedals. Because to me, like, that's really important. I love that thing when you roll up and you play a show and people, like, don't know what your pedals are. Yeah. You know, because they're all custom or, like, this or that. And you know they want to ask you and they're, like, keep walking closer and after the show. Can I, just, can, can I take a picture of that? And you're, like, yep. This is why I came here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's great. How long have you written for Premier Guitar? Because I've read uh, uh, one of your articles for sure. It's been a few months though, but I remember you. you, gave, you I did you one made... about the uh, the bushfire uh, your giveaway. Sale. Yeah, I remember that. I me- but I remember you made um, a shout out to Kevin Shoneswood, and he was fr- he Shones was from Shoneswood. We were he all freaked out for a solid couple months. Out yeah, <laughs> totally. He's awesome, and he's doing something like super original and i also can see the hours in that he's putting into each one it's like that's what i do when you have to make a salvaged thing you have to figure out how to first of all how i got this thing what can i use from it still um you know how can i get a basically a faraday cage in this plastic thing so it'll be just as noise free as a yeah, a regular pedal. So I know what he goes through, like not building in metal. Sometimes it's like got a lot of challenges, and especially skateboard decks are not flat wood. No. So to get them a lot to do that, I mean, that he's area. his pedals are steel, considering. Uh, he's the poor the guy. Uh, I, he's I, putting I, in there. I list them all on. He hates. Uh, he's not a big computer user or, or online shop guy, so I I do all that stuff for him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we, we have a lot of conversations and he, he told me once it's like, he has sometimes ends up putting 15, 20 hours into just his enclosures. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't doubt it. I mean, when you're a perfectionist and you want something to be, you know, really cool and different from what everybody else is doing, um, there tends to be a lot of like trends happen. I find with like, especially the look of pedals, mm-hmm. um, some good, some not so imaginative, whatever. And so someone like Kevin really stands out to me. Or, you know, Putro from Sea Hat Effectors super stands out to me. And yes. we've become buddies over the years. And I'm really <laughs> excited because I did my first feature um, for Premiere. It's going to be a goal four-page spread in there. And I got to feature um, people who build unconventional looking pedals so it was kind of awesome so i said oh should i include myself or is that cheesy and they were like no 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 include yourself <laughs> that's kind of why we asked you to do it because uh, you awesome. have all these friends too who do this so we want to hear from them like from your lens kind of thing and plus i think it's just awesome that premiere seems to be you know a lot of the guitar magazines are really trying to have more females um doing the right just being more uh you know and gender neutral because uh it's 
Oh. You know, it was such a, uh, I got really, I'm not going to name the magazine, but I've, I've talked about this before, but I, I got so sick of a certain magazine because it was the same, either 12 guitar heroes on the cover or it was chicks in bikinis. And it was just like, yeah. it was That's like. That's not a serious magazine then. No, you know? no, it was not. It was just like, you, you don't need to pander to 14 year old kids yeah. who you know, think that's what guitar playing is. That's that's yeah. that's like a poorly raised fourteen year old boy's vision of guitar playing, and uh, you can do better than that. You could be a legit thing. And plus, there, it just takes all kinds nowadays. Like you know, um, everything from people who play you know twelve bar blues to like uh, this this artist who uh, I recently made some devices for called His Quiet who literally uses, like, every medium you can think of to do that. It's not just music. It's audiovisual. They do code writing. Uh, you know, so their art just, like, there's so many people out there using these pedals for so many different things and not just, I'm not, you know, I mean, you're in a band, that's great, you know? Yeah. Even these demo folks, I mean, they're doing really cool things and they're staying in their bedroom, essentially, but doing these amazing setups that like you could never pull off five you know yeah, or it'd be no, really hard it's unless you had like trent reznor money you know <laughs> it's it's such a wide world and it's you know it's so nice to see some of the media brands that have kept up well like i think premier guitar has done well uh she shreds i thought was really cool um, and I'm looking forward to their next, they're really going through a metamorphosis right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what that really gets into. Um, but you know, there's just some of those dinosaurs of the, the past industry with the, with the booth babes or the buyers, oh, yeah. bikini field women all throughout. It's like that. It's not evil per se, but that's not really what this is. And, yeah. um, it's, it's really nice to be. I don't know. Where I feel like we're really kind of stepping into like another golden era of guitar stuff, with so many interesting yeah. builders and and such different representation all across the board. Um, and you know, I think Fender did a study like six years ago. I, I'm not gonna get this wrong, but uh, saying that fifty percent of all new guitar buyers were women and stuff, and that was just yep. crazy numbers compared to what it had been in the past. Um, I, it's it's really cool. We're headed some cool directions. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many women build these things anyway, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. It's just that so many of them are not willing to be like quote unquote out, I guess, for lack of a better term, because of the like throwdown situation can be pretty intense sometimes for yeah, absolutely. some women. You know, like I have two brothers. I grew up with all male friends. And so I kind of like um, fall easily into like both worlds. And um, for me, I don't know, it's an exciting world (laughs) learning to read schematics and build things and whatnot. But I just have noticed that it's like really tricky for it's hard for me to like entice other ladies to get involved in doing this. I also think that, like, I don't know about if you guys have noticed, but since this whole COVID thing happened, uh, people are, like, almost busier than ever. They're, like, online busy, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, People have all these classes they're doing and, like, all this other stuff. And so um, 
I don't know. I'm just, I would love for more women and, and people of color in general just to be doing this because it adds, you know, it adds more um, content to like the entire game. I didn't, uh, different ideas. Didn't John Esterly just put on a clinic? John yeah. and who they put on a, he did. a pedal he building a clinic, clinic for the tone yeah. station. That was wicked. Mm-hmm. And it was it was women and uh um non binary and uh, thank you. Yeah, my brain just color. absolutely flatlined there. Um mm-hmm. that's cool. And yeah. Big yeah, and John I, t- I, I told good, them too. I said, Man, if I was closer I would certainly come down and help out with that because um it is a thing, you know, like even I remember when I was learning own. audio engineering and learning, um, trying to learn, you know, MIDI programming and stuff. It was like super sexist I, at that I, time, in yeah. the late 80s and the 90s. And like, I just got lucky that I happened to meet, you know, a kind of like predecessor to what the kids call gender, non-binary, whatever. Yeah. I'm like 46. So the, all the, ter- <laughs> the terms change all the time. And so it, I guess he, back in those days, this guy was like bisexual or whatever. And he was in a band called Knights Arab. They were an industrial band back in the 90s. And he was the first guy I met him in LA, saw my band play and was like, hey, uh, I like what you're doing and I can help you move forward kind of thing. And that was the first time I'd had a, a dude, you know, offer you know, audio engineering and MIDI programming help. That's cool. Because it was just, it, I couldn't get any love. In fact, when I first started on the pedal forums, um, I, you know, as a as a woman or whatever, I felt like it was kind of harsh, you know? Like, I could definitely see why other women, like, wouldn't be attracted to hang out there, you know? And so then eventually I just put my, like, kind of, whatever my low name up there so you can't tell someone's male or female and i stopped checking the box on the forums for gender um and started finding i also feel like it started to turn around a few years ago where it used to be everyone was like real stingy about information same with like you know the audio engineering thing and then it turned into this thing where oh everyone's like really super helpful and wanting people to learn and yeah. I just happened to kind of start at that time, which is great. I think that's awesome. Because when I very first started, people were like being trolls on those forums. And then within a year or so's time, I felt like, wow, okay, there are some truly nice people who do want to help and like don't want it to just be a sausage party, you know? Like they want <laughs> to have, they want some ladies to be into this and down. And the thing is, they there are, there are ladies like, so many ladies for these electronics companies that, Have, build, um, that you don't even know. Would you ever consider doing one of those uh, courses yourself, like offering one? Sorry, like put one on. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that was one of the like goals of coming out here because the place where I live, it's this big compound. We have all this video equipment from my brother and his wife's business, and like we thought about doing uh, uh, with kids and with women and. Um, now that we're doing, we have live streaming capabilities. We've been thinking about that too, but it's like trying to earn a living, <laughs> taking up so much time right well, now. Well, I, you I, know, I look forward to getting that 
like once you once you get your your kind of feet out there and, and stuff, I think that'd be. I would love to take that kind of a course from you. I think that'd be amazing. Um, even yeah, I kind of like to. I would love to do like a layman's terms. <laughs> That you would know, be perfect because I might actually make I it through did, it. <laughs> you know, absolutely, I'm not an electrical engineer. I don't, I don't, I would, you know, love to learn, but that'd be um, great. Guys like me and Kevin Shones would just be all over that. <laughs> yes, teach us in idiot terms, please. Well, I've just I learned from banging my head against the wall, and then you don't do it again, or you don't do it a third time anyway. <laughs> and um, so, and that's the other thing, like, there's honestly nothing, it's really great when you build right, and you fire it up and it works the first time, but there's something also about, like, that every fourth or fifth time when you make something new, and it's like, you go to fire it up, it doesn't work, and you're just like, ah, it makes you want to die for a second, but in the end, when you figure that out, you learned more from fixing that mistake than you did building 10 pedals that fired up the first time yeah in my experience yeah, yeah you definitely learn more from uh quote-unquote failure than you do from quick successes so. yeah because it's like that it goes in your mind rolodex it's like oh yeah yeah don't solder that to that don't do that yeah. anymore yeah. you get electrocuted you know? sticking a fork in a socket and you learn immediately. yeah don't lick the battery don't, exactly <laughs> get um, a multimeter it's uh it has been a blast having you on. We're getting over time here, and I always hate being the person that has to wrap it up. Um, but, uh, you know, I really want to say just thank you so much for, for sparing us your time and for, and for well, chatting thanks, with us. Thanks, and, thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's really, truly been an honor. Um, where can people find you best and get in contact with you? I am a, I'm like one of those computer don't like to be on 10 social media sites. So I'm only on Instagram at low sounds, L O E S O U N D S. But I am starting our website, hopefully in about two weeks here. Oh, cool. I'm, okay. I'm um, maybe five pedals shy of these 30 that, need, that are going to be available, including Atari fuzz and the beige things. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so probably by like mid September or early October, the latest. Do you know the uh, have stuff? The web address, what it will be, or uh, it'll be Love of Earth Goods, Big Cartel. Okay, so that's what Low stands for. Ah, <laughs> why didn't we ask that earlier? Oh my gosh, we need new podcasts. Yeah, we're we're those <laughs> California hippies. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, uh, Aisha, you're, you're a legend. Uh, we, Agreed. We are truly huge fans of you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>